You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, or at Nada the Scribe. Not actually taking, hopefully, some of his own advice teaching by actually appearing on the podcast rather than teaching about podcasts. Wait, wait, that that seems, that's an unfair thing. Like, (laughs) again, they paid me, someone paid me to teach about podcasts. Mm -hmm. I said yes. What was I supposed to do? Say no, I'm supposed to record with you earlier in the week? Well, I just didn't know if lesson one is actually appear on your own podcast or not is that what lesson does that fall under is there a chapter that's in that book that four. you teach that's, le- that's lesson four it needs to be lesson one for you nada because I, you had been skipping out the last couple of days it was me and doug that's fine we'll go back to the old miss, co-host they, they miss doug they don't miss me they do miss doug but they wanted you back they did miss you and now they're happy that you are here with us i'm, on I'm the glad Lockdown they're happy i'm podcast. happy to be back too and i'm happy that you're back we're gonna get into the old hornets we're gonna get into maybe the old star of the Hornets. We're going to open Kimba up some Walker. old wounds is what you're t- telling me. Uh, maybe just a little bit, but maybe even not so much. And maybe you'll get what I mean here in just a moment. But we did get a report on Kimba Walker and the fact that he is experiencing some knee discomfort. He is not undergoing full team practices. He's not participating in team drills fully right now, but he is undergoing some rigorous workouts on the side. And Malika Andrews has this to say to give us more details on Kimba. So I did see Kemba, but when I saw him, first he was sitting on the sidelines while his teammates played some five-on-five to end practice. He was encouraging them. He looked to be in a good mood. He was smiling, chatting with assistant coaches. And then after the rest of the players cleared off the floor, he was able to get some light work and some shots up. And he his shot looked pretty fluid. He looked like Kemba Walker. He looked pretty good. But Coach Brad Stevens said that their plan for Kemba is sort of one day on, one day off. And he had a really hard workout, Brad Stevens said, yesterday. And so today was just a lighter shooting day for him. He also didn't participate Monday or Sunday. So this was kind of the first day just to get him a little bit loose after that hard workout yesterday. So Nana, when you look at Kimball Walker, I think the Eastern Conference side particularly is going to be fascinating if there is indeed going to be a postseason. Yes. Because I do think that it's wide open. I have my question marks about the Bucks. The second best player on that team in the postseason last year was Malcolm Brogdon. He's no longer there. We go Fair. Eric Bledsoe struggling whatsoever. I do have my questions about the Bucks, but that's neither here nor there for the moment. Fair. Toronto, you look at, and I know Zach Lowe talked about this, their point differential shows that they actually really might be contenders. Philadelphia is always going to be interesting to me. That's a team that Kawhi had to have the ball bounce all over the rim just to go knock out in seven games. Like you have Boston. I'm just saying, I think it's going to be a very interesting race this postseason. with go ahead. Not you can't even help yourself. Go I, ahead. He, here's the thing. I understand that everyone has their doubts about Milwaukee, but if Fred Van Vliet doesn't go nuts, we're probably talking about Milwaukee beating Or if Giannis can hit a jump shot. Like, look, that's a problem. Like, Kawhi locked up Giannis, but he's not here no more. You're right. And and, and I get that. I get that from from a certain – I get that from a certain aspect. I also get why people want to be on Philly. And I partially disagree because I don't trust Brett Brown. I don't trust that roster composition at all. No matter how much it needed, Kawhi needed every inch of the rim, every centimeter of the rim. I get that. 
I also understand why people are on Toronto. If we're going to go there, I mean, we're going to talk about Boston. We're going to talk about Miami. Those two teams are more are more dangerous to me than the two teams that we're fair, talking fair about. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's talk about Boston then. I just yes. I think there's a lot of interesting angles in the Eastern Conference where you're talking about five teams. Maybe Oladipo makes some things scary. I don't know. Yes. But but there are some things that I, I find fascinating, particularly on the Eastern Conference side of things, including the Boston Celtics. Yes. Former Hornet Kimba Walker is going to participate in a meaningful playoff series this year, a meaningful playoff postseason. I, I should was about say. to say meaningful playoff series. He's played in that's meaningful correct. playoff run. Totally different. He has never done that before. He is poised to at least be on a team that has a chance to get to the Eastern conference finals and it would be an upset, but possibly even get to the NBA finals. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. So with all that being said, what we have now is an injury or slight discomfort, as we could say with Kimball Walker as reported there by Malika Andrews. I know Brad Stevens has spoken on it. We'll see how much he gets integrated back into uh, the full swing of practice. Very true. Uh, Kimba is one of the biggest questions because we have, Two playoff appearances in Kimba Walker's career. Mm-hmm. Both were first round exits. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily care about that first series that he had against the Heat because he was so young. That was all the way back in 2014. No one was beating the Miami Heat. Well, and that was and that was before Kimba was legitimately good. That was before he was giving you all-star appearances. So going back to that seven-game series that Kimba had against the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. where Dwayne Wade, of course, cooks them in the final game. Thanks, purple shirt guy. Kimba, this is what his numbers look like in that postseason appearance. He went six of 13, mm-hmm. scoring 19 points in game one in a 30 point blowout against the Heat to start things off. Then you get beat by double digits in game two. Kimba goes 12 of 29, shooting 41% from the field, 29 points, but only 41%, one of six threes that he, that he took. Then in game three, goes 17 points, four of 19, 21% was awful. Yeah. But they win the game. Game four, 13 of 28 scores 34 points and they win the game mm-hmm. game five, four of 18. They win the game, but 22% from the field does hit three, three pointers ends up with 14 points and they win the game again. They have a three, two series lead at this point. The next game, game hey. six, game six, he goes 14 of 30 shoots 47% scores 37 points has five assists. It's its best game of the series, even though they do fall, it was 38 minutes of action for him. And then the last game they get destroyed yeah, Dragic, by 30 Dragic housed him. Uh, nine points. Uh, you go one of five from deep three of 16. So basically with all of those numbers, you're looking at three really bad games from Kimba in that series, a couple of mediocre and a couple of really good. That's what you're looking at from Kimba in the only true meaningful series that he played. Cause I just can't say that it was crazy meaningful in 2014 i don't want to have that discussion i'm just asking nada what your confidence level in or what your confidence level is in kimba even if he is a little banged up uh, at at being the guy on a team with the boston celtics that has a much better team around him a much better supporting cast a fantastic coach in brad stevens and a postseason that's not going to be dominated by LeBron with Cleveland or Kawhi with Toronto. And it's a little open in my opinion, certainly compared to what it's been in the, in the last uh, uh, few seasons. The thing is you ask if he has to be the best player on the team for them to succeed. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't have to be first things first. He's got Jason Tatum. He's got Jalen Brown. He's got Marcus smart. 
He just has to do his job and be more of a Tony Parker-like role. Get your 15 to 17 efficiently. Get everybody else the ball and not be a liability on defense. If I worry about Kemba, I probably worry more on the defensive end than I do the offensive end. And this is where... This is where Kemba fits a little bit better compared to where Kyrie used to be. Kyrie used to shot hunt and dominate in the playoffs. You don't need that when you have Jason Tatum emerging to have the best VORP on the team. Again, granted, second most is Kemba Walker. But when we start talking about value over replacement player, he, Kemba doesn't need to be the best player. He just doesn't have to be. He can't just can't be like sixth or seventh best yeah he's got to be at least top three top four for them to be okay this is extremely meaningful for Kimba because Kimba Walker is 30 years old now Mm -hmm. and you look at Kimba being 30 having two playoff appearances under his belt I don't know if anybody puts that on him because of the way that the Hornets just have not been able to build a great team around him but you look at what he did at the end of this season as it transpired for the Celtics he really struggled in fact Kimba Walker did not shoot even above 40%. He hasn't done that since January 26th when he shot 42% against the Pelicans and a 15-point loss, by the way. He's been inactive for quite a bit of games, but since then, he has played a decent amount, and it was just really bad for him. You're looking at ever since January 26th, he's played about 10 games or so, never shot above 40% for either Mm -hmm. one of those, struggled a little bit from three as well. Mm -hmm. It's not like he was piling on the assist numbers, probably averaging about six as I look at it and try to come up with a number at the top of my dome. You know, like that was that was a a big struggle for Kimba at the end. And you know who wasn't struggling? Jason Tatum, who just popped off. Like there are two stretches of play that I remember this past season, maybe three. I go to Luka Doncic at the beginning of the season, who is just bananas. (laughs) I go with Damian Lillard, who was absolutely crazy with that one stretch that he had maybe like a month before the season ended. Yes, I do remember that. And then Jason Tatum. Yeah. Jason Tatum had the other stretch where Jason Tatum wasn't an all-star, but he might be the Al Jefferson kind of guy where he doesn't get the all-star appearance he might get all nba oh no there's no might he will well for the way and it was for the way that he played at the end of the season you look at these numbers crazy i mean great three-point shooter at the end of the season Mm -hmm. he's getting you 30 40 30 40 uh what he was doing at the end was absolutely insane and it's funny because you look at espn where they come out with this article about some of the questions that you might have about the contending teams in the east and you're not talking about Kemba being the best player. They're talking about Jason Tatum being the guy. And if yes. you're an all-NBA player, a perimeter player, that also we've seen some success from Jason Tatum in the postseason. Exactly. Dunking on LeBron. And Kemba Walker allows him to do that in a way that Kyrie did not. I don't think that is disputable. I think Kyrie clearly was somebody that kind of hurt that team. But also, man, Jason Tatum turned into a force to the point where Kimba doesn't have to be the best player, and I'm not sure that he is on that team, Nada. No, he isn't. And the thing is, if Jalen Brown is better on both ends of the floor than Kimba, I think that means you're having a much more successful playoff run. You just need Kemba to hit decent shots. Kemba's have had to use, basically, had to take difficult shots when in opportune in inopportune times, and now it's come back to bite him. But I would say the struggles of Kemba probably have something to do with Jason Tatum's explosion at the same time. So if we start looking at that as Kemba doesn't have to be the best player, and if he only needs to show up once every three or four games, like like he did in that series against the Heat in 2016, I think they'll be just fine. There's a limit to what they can do, 
but I would probably say it's okay for Kemba to not be the best. Yeah, like, do you view this as maybe Jason Tatum? And I'm not saying that these guys are similar in the way that they play. I'm just saying, do you view the emergence of Jason Tatum as maybe for him to be the Kawhi Leonard and then Kemba Walker, maybe to be the Kyle Lowry who showed up big in the finals and had some good games and just can be a steady dude. Like, do you just want Kemba to be steady? Yes. And how do we view that reputation as far as if he doesn't perform in the postseason at 30 years old? we're going to kill him for it like people are going to talk about Kimba not being a clutch player and and not being a player that produces in the postseason if this one doesn't go well because he's got the supporting cast he's got the supporting cast this year and those whispers started with the Hornets yeah they did so this especially with some clutch time stats that didn't do him any favors and the way that the Hornets were better in clutch time this season because of the unpredictability exactly so there are those whispers become loud roars and at some point those loud roars will take over but I don't think, like I said, he's just got to be Tony Parker on the Spurs, like vintage Tony Parker on the Spurs. He's just got to be that good. He doesn't have to be that great to where he's got to carry the team every night like he did with the Hornets because otherwise this will fail and this will fail miserably. You know who always does perform well, though? Who? That's rockauto.com. They have Absolutely. Ch- they are chain stores that do have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, kind of like what airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts what you need to do is you need to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com plenty more to come here on the lockdown hornets podcast a part of the lockdown podcast network this is locked on hornets i'm, I'm a little i listen hold on I, now see uh, I, we couldn't just blow by that one well, you had because this is what frustrates me you know i'm uh-huh. under the weather you know I'm not at 100% right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured, and that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart, you have soul, you have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm pulling for Kimba Walker, by the way. I just want that to be clear. No, like, we I both am, are. We, I, this, these are <laughs> Kemba Walker stan accounts here. We are a Kemba Walker stan show. We will admit to this. I just find it interesting how the narrative had kind of shifted because remember what we were discussing with Jason Tatum last year mm-hmm. as a guy that people were pretty scared of because of the way that he had trended downward. Like what we saw from him in that Cleveland series, we were left with him dunking on LeBron James yeah. in a really tightly contested 
contested series against the Cavaliers before LeBron goes to the LA Lakers. And then we see him really struggle with the Boston Celtics last season where people are kind of questioning whether he can be a star. Like we, we, we knew some people that were really scared. I don't know if you I was one been. of them. But yeah. Well, that was your guy love, because yeah. he fell in love with the mid range. And that yeah. was like, dare I say it, one of the things that when he went to work with Kobe, they fell in love with the mid-range when he was training with them, and it basically became his undoing. And also, at the same time, he was a second-year player. There's always going to be that second-year slump, and I think we overcorrected on the hype that was the first year. So when that second year came around, it ended up being one of those things like we and just we overcorrected one way, we overcorrected the other way. And I'm almost afraid when we start having these discussions about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that we're overcorrecting the wrong way again. Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting because we kind of view improvement sometimes as this escalator that is just a constant Mm -hmm. trend uh, upward, and it just doesn't work like that. It never does. And and Jason Tatum might be the perfect example, and even Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's a better example of that, actually. Well, and and so, look, you have Jalen Brown shooting 38% from three. Tatum is shooting 40% from three this year. Gordon Mm -hmm. Hayward has, you know, he's always kind of been he's actually kind of had a weird roller coaster career in that regard but he's shooting pretty well from three even though his role isn't as important as it was with the utah jazz either way you've got a good supporting cast around kimba you brought up the mid-range and and espn kind of had this released on their website quote tatum has enhanced i think this is from kirk goldsberry if i'm not mistaken you know so jason tatum quote has enhanced his shot selection in a few ways he is a big enough person to attack the rim with driving layups accounting for 30 percent of his shots up from 21 percent last season per second second uh per second spectrum tracking that has helped his overall shooting efficiency. And then you also mentioned the mid range. So quote, as a jump shooter, Tatum reduced his mid range pull-up activity and greatly improved his step back last year. His 180 step back jumpers (laughs) yielded an average of 0.77 points per shot. And this year, his 219 step backs have yielded 1.05 points per shot, which is obviously much better. And that will make life easier on Kimba and Gordon Hayward and Jay Jalen Brown and just overall Tatum is the dude that I think people kind of view as the guy that can unlock some kind of ceiling or next level that the Celtics team can win or get to. And I don't know if we had the kind of views at the beginning of the season, like we do now, like we were scared of Tatum and Kimba was the best player on that team because we were worried about Gordon Hayward. Jalen Brown was on a bad Mm -hmm. year and Jason Tatum was off of a bad year. Mm -hmm. Now everybody improves. And you know what? Kimba deserves some credit for that. So with everybody else's improvement, Kimba, you get some improve, you get some praise for that as well because it just didn't work like that with Kyrie. And I've always kind of been under the assumption like Kyrie finishing at the rim is pretty freaking ridiculous. Yes, and he's a great shooter. I mean, we've seen his percentages be very, very good. But I'm sorry when nobody won. It, when people have a lot of hard times playing with you and you go to the Brooklyn series or you go to the Brooklyn side of things where that team was actually performing just as well when you were on the team, you know, like maybe there is some things that we need to revisit as far as Kyrie being better than Kimba, as far as how they affect the team in certain ways. Like I'm just saying this Kimba pretty clearly is working better with Boston than what Kyrie did. Yes. it's. I would say this though, and this is where I think we get kind of lost in these discussions with Kemba and Kyrie. Kyrie's good again. Kyrie at his best is the best sidekick in the game. He's and pretty dumb. Nothing, and there is nothing wrong with being the best sidekick in the game. And we're going to see that when Kevin Durant comes back in some form. 
The other thing is Kyrie's game and Brad Stevens's the way he coaches doesn't mesh at all. Brad Stevens is much more of a ball distribution. Let's get the guy the open shot. The problem with Kyrie is that he can get his shot off against anyone because his handle is the best in the game. It's possibly the best that we've ever seen. So when you have a guy that can basically shake someone, anyone on the court, he's going to think, yeah, I can get my shot anytime. So there's there's a... thought process there's a mentality to what Kyrie does it it just didn't fit it fit well enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals but there was that was the limit that was the ceiling and once we start looking at mentalities and different stuff like that and Kemba's different because all Kemba wants to do and this is something we've known for a long time the only thing that guy cares about is winning the only thing he cares Mm -hmm. about is ranks so when you start going that route of course, Kemba was going to fit better than Kyrie in that system. I can't wait to see Kemba play. I certainly hope he's healthy enough to where that's not a legitimate excuse, right? Like, I'm here to give it to him if it's legitimate. I'm just saying I want him to be healthy because that's one of the guys I wanted to see take that next step. I, I, I want Kemba to be successful and reap in the benefits of being successful in the postseason, making a deep run. But he might not be. And what you're seeing, Nada, is maybe a couple of these players that do get injured. And that brings up the question of soft tissue injury because it was something that we were pretty scared of not even just soft like tissue. rick was bringing this up on the podcast with you guys rick was one of the first that i was that was really sounding the alarm and he was like guys we're not factoring soft tissue injuries enough and now you look around and darren fox is out for seven to ten days on a sprained ankle and if anyone knows anything about a sprained ankle especially in basketball those seven to ten days are probably the time that it's going to heal. He may be out for a good portion of this. He may not play a single game in this bubble. Yeah, and we're seeing some of these guys maybe have maybe get banged up a little bit, and you just wonder if coaches are even maybe taking it a little bit lighter because they want to bring these guys up to speed. Like I can't imagine, unless you're Tom Thibodeau, <laughs> that you're throwing all of these guys out there and making them work 100% to the point where you're risking their uh, um, risking them getting an injury I just wonder okay so if, if they do have that in their conscious if they do have that in the back of their mind then how bad does it get once we start the seven regular se- seven game regular season the play-in tournament I, I'm, I'm scared of these injuries not that's what I'm saying no again the I'm more scared more I don't think we get that far those preseason games that we know that they're televising yeah those are what I really worry about. Sure. That's when I think the rash of injuries really starts popping up and this starts becoming, hey, maybe this was a bad idea and we might have needed some more runway time with these guys because they've basically stopped. A lot of people basically stopped unless you were Trey Young, who's not there, unless you were Michael Beasley, which obviously <laughs> is that. <laughs> right. Like it, most, <laughs> most of these guys stopped. Most of these guys actually took this stay-at-home stuff very, very seriously. So that was the problem with this. And these soft tissue injuries are probably going to pop up more and more. And I just hope that we get to the – just get through the preseason scrimmages to the regular season games because that's going to be the interesting part. Because if we get to the postseason, who's going to be left is going to be a fascinating discussion. The the potential of all of this exploding – is very high with the coronavirus as well as just injuries as well as a whole bunch of different factors and i hate that one because we are fans of basketball so we all hate it 
I just was so excited for this particular postseason because of the way that I thought there were so many interesting storylines. And when Kawhi Leonard decided to go to the Clippers rather than teaming up with a potential devastating trio with the Lakers, I thought that opened it up quite a bit throughout the landscape of the NBA where you can still have your favorites. You can still have the Bucks as a favorite mm-hmm. in the East. You can still have the Clippers and the Lakers. But man, there was not quite the disparity whatsoever when Kawhi decided not to make a super Avengers type trio with the Lakers and instead went with the Clippers. Yeah. I, I thought that was a, a, a decision that allowed to uh, for a lot of teams to be contenders. And you know what? You're right. It allowed for a lot of teams to be contenders. But at the same time, I, like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like this is just like the calm before the storm. Like, we all know what's gonna what the next domino is going to be. It depends on what Giannis decides to do in 18 months. Because that basically dictates everything. For well, and this performance dictates that as well. I, I, you're right. Like that, that opens up a whole new discussion, which would be fascinating too. Like we all can of it. have that. I during, love all of it. We can have the re- that during the rest of the summer. We got a lot of time to fill. I, I love all of it. We'll take one more break and come back with the segment discussing the memo tweeted out by Malika Andrews. That one point in particular from the NBA memo is hilarious. We'll get to that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. But give me some positives. As That would annoy me as a head coach. I'd be like, look, you, you can't lose to the Bulls by 20 and come away and go, well, you know, let's look for some silver linings. Silver lining, game over. Next game. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. This memo is just freaking fantastic, Nada, and it's only fantastic for one particular reason. So Malika Andrews, shout out to her once again. We've mentioned her a couple times on this podcast because I guess she is one of the few reporters that are down there. Yeah, so. exactly. It's hard, it, like she's the only one that's clear quarantine. Like, everybody else is stuck in quarantine. That's right. What a what a great way to get the scoop on everything. What an excellent way to make sure you're beating everyone out. So Malika Andrews tweets out that the league sent out a memo, which was obtained, of course, by ESPN. Malika Andrews works for them to teach teams reminding them of campus rules, including Nada, wearing your face covering, dressing appropriately when receiving room service, and going through a mandatory educational session on campus rules. When I give you those three, is there any one of those particular rules that sticks out to you? We can't use sticks out on this, Walker. (laughs) We can't. Why, 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 why? You're not telling me the dressing appropriately when receiving room service doesn't stick out to you, Nada? Oh, no, it does. It <laughs> does. And I, for and what I'm afraid of is that it stuck out for a whole bunch of room service employees that probably got a rude surprise when they were just trying to deliver dinner. Um, I got to say this, you know, going into these locker rooms, and I'll tell you this, I have not really, I actually don't really go into the Hornets locker room all that much, and it's not nearly as bad. No, as it's the not. Panthers. It's not bad there. But the Panthers locker room, when you would walk in, you have your I, I guys. Don't wanna, I don't even want You know. have your guys that just don't care. I, they, that just I don't, don't care know. and are walking around all over the place. And that's just what it is. And I'm not going to come out here naming all these names, but Please don't. I'm just telling you, it's just is these guys, you think about it. They're, they're in peak physical condition. They're in their early twenties. It's what they're going to do. And it's why it leads us to have Stephen A. Smith out here talking about recreational activities where these guys can't go months, let alone days and weeks without having sex. And that's what it just is going to take here in the bubble without going out and messing around and doing something strange. Look at this point, I am, I am more about who would, who were the people that did this? And I, I just come up with three names. 
We all know one of them has to be JR. This is your reckless speculation. This part is of the my podcast. reckless spe- speculation part of the podcast. One of them had to be JR. Mm-hmm. JR is absolutely one of them. Well, we remember his Twitter DM. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The that infamous does, pipe. That, that doesn't do him any The favor. infamous pipe. <laughs> yes, yes. The other one, yes, I am saying this, is Dion Waiters. Because Dion, does Dion Waiters strike you as the man with any kind of shame? Well, he's the kind of guy that if there's anything going around in the league that is hilarious and troublesome, Dion might be one of the guys that comes exactly. to Exactly. Mr. Edibles himself. Mm-hmm. Mr. Edibles himself. And then the last guy, just as a joke, and, and again, inappropriate joke, and if you know anything about this guy, that inappropriate jokes seem to work, seem to be one of those things he likes doing, it's got to be Dwight, right? Uh, Dwight was maybe one of those guys that also came to mind. Well, and of course, he has the story, I think, written by Lee Jenkins in Sports Illustrated, where I, I, I don't want to throw this around, but wasn't he, <laughs> what do you prob- like, he had a problem with it. Yes. Was, was he an addict? Is that, that is that, I think, I don't he, want to throw that around. I don't want to throw that around, but again, he hinted at it. Ah, oh, man, I want to look that up before I accuse Dwight Howard of no, having no, but that No, he hinted at it. He hinted at having a problem um, with in, with encounters, entanglements. Thank you, Jay. Yes, oh, fantastic dismount there. Uh, I also thought about James Harden and all of this, but the problem with he James, wasn't there. he wasn't there. Now, we know about James Harden and the love for strip clubs, but he wasn't there. Exactly. It, it, it's taken him a while to actually show up to the bubble. So that's our reckless uh, speculation now, part now, mind of the you, podcast. Hold on. Here's the other thing. Who do you think was on? Who do you think was snitching? Because clearly, oh the, tip line. oh, the tip line. Because again, clearly, I don't think the room service people were the ones snitching on them. Who I think was snitching on them was were other players. You think other players were snitching oh, on the, yeah. the dress codes? You yes. think? Yes. That see. I could see players snitching on other players for violating bubble rules for their own personal oh, game. Oh, yeah. There's a reason I call it the CP3 line. There's mm-hmm. a reason I sure. call it. And again, LeBron's not too far behind. But I could absolutely see dudes snitching on other dudes for this one. Because it's like, hey, hey, hey. I don't want to see that when I'm getting my eggs Benedict from my, from my room service. <laughs> so I get it. I get it if dudes were snitching on other dudes here. I completely understand. Yeah, especially with the way that they might be contracting the coronavirus, spreading it with inside the bubble, and therefore shutting down the NBA. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks again to Rock Auto for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.